We're in uh, week four of Growing and Knowing God. This is a series that uh, Drew started us with the beginning of January, and he did two parts of it, and I did, uh, I did done the second two. Uh, last week was in the Word of God, and this week we are looking at the Great Commission. Um, so Drew has uh, talked about prayer. Uh, he's also talked about... Uh, Week one was, uh, I always forget uh, where week one, yeah, why it's important, no, thank you. Um, and then prayer, then the Bible, and now the Great Commission. So, as we dive into this tonight, we know the Great Commission. The Great Commission is literally wherever you go uh, a lot in this building, because it is one of the themes in which we do. Um, the reason we're called the warehouse is because we are to... A ship and quip, which means that we're to um, we're to uh, go out, we're to equip you, and we're to go out. Was the whole reason why we came up with this idea of warehouse. So wherever you see the warehouse, the verses that you see there is the Great Commission. So what is this Great Commission? What is missions? What is going out? What does this even mean? How's that, how's this applied to me as a teenager? So I had a pre-sermon question for you to go ahead and answer, and I want to uh, see what some of you uh, got here. Hunter, what was something that you said? What What do you think of when someone says the word missions? You think of mission trips? No, that's fine. I'm looking for what you're immediately thinking. Okay. Quest to meet a goal. Good. Anybody else? There's no wrong or right here, okay? We're, we, we are looking for something, but it, 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 it's okay. Spreading the Word of God, okay. What else? To be sent out with a purpose, okay? Anybody else? No right and wrong here. We're kind of looking, just want to kind of see and give a feel where everybody's at. When someone says mission. Mission. Okay. So what do you think when someone says the word missions? Only one person gave the, gave the answer I was expecting some of you to say, a quest or, or to go out like a spy or, you know, to have a mission. Okay. I was expecting a few more middle schoolers to give me that answer there. Okay. Um. I got some church answers that I was expected to, spreading the word of God, a mission trip, um, going on purpose. All those things are correct, in a way. But what is missions? Is missions just when we go on a trip or when we just go and help somebody, is that just all that missions is? Is that the only time we're on mission? Give me answers. No, yes, no. If we say no, then our answers, though, reflected a yes. Didn't they? So what is missions? What does that look like? 
So how do we apply this great commission? How do we, how do we apply this to our life? What does it look like? Um, so this is kind of a mixture of my notes and Drew's notes a little bit together. I, I, I made a, 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 a drunk. A drunk. I, I didn't know how else to say that. A drink, or, or, or it could be a Cree, a Cree, uh, either way, uh, a mix there. And um, so uh, we're going to look at three things. So how do we do this? What does the Bible say? And how is this going to be applied? So when Jesus came to them and said, all authority in what? Oh, so, okay, we've gotten out of habit here. All authority in? And on, thank you, two people, has been given to, we're going to do this together eventually, go therefore and make of all, baptizing them in the name of the, and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. We got a little head there. <laughs> all right. And teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you, what? Always. To the end of the age. So, we got a lot of things going on here. What is missions? Well, first of all, I want you to put something. When someone says that, I want you to think of missions needs to be a lifestyle. Um, and it needs, and what I mean by that is just as some of you are interested in several things in your life, it becomes a lifestyle. Okay? For example, let me give you a couple of things. When I was a teenager, I fell in love with a sport called swimming, and it became a very much a lifestyle for me. Um, I got up in the morning, and I ran, because we were 45 minutes from a pool, so our coach made us run. So we had to run 6 to 10 miles every morning before school. We had to wake up at 4 o'clock, get it done, then, we, then from 3.30 to 7 o'clock, we would swim every day. That it became our life, okay? Then when I went to college, that faded because I was in college, and I needed focus, and, and part of my lifestyle with college was really the church world, and it's been that for 20 years, and that really became a lifestyle who I am as far as an employee. But a few years ago, a little longer than a few years ago, I met this man named Paul Pettifer, and we begin to discuss about what lifestyle and missions look like, putting passion with the gospel. So we're going to mix a little bit of what uh, Ancat said and a little bit of what uh, I believe it was Elizabeth who said, and, and um, I couldn't remember which one said. And so, and that was kind of the mix with that passion, with that lifestyle of what God has already equipped you with and interests that you have. So, for example, some of you, your interest is part of who you are and your lifestyle is supposed to be a part of our missions. For example, Hunter's in band, and he's really good in band, and that is part of his lifestyle. It is part of his life. It's part of who he is. It's part of his makeup. God has given you that gift to not just to sit idly by, but to use. Every one of us has been given gifts and things. How is this going to be a part? Now, first of all, when that becomes part of your lifestyle missions, 
it has to, you, first you have to be a believer. You have to, you know, that, that's that first part as we're becoming part of Christ. But um, let's look at this. So how do we apply this great commission? First, the power for the mission. The power for the mission. Many of us understand we have to have power to do things. Okay? Y'all understand the threat if I throw it up on the screen of a battery with 1%. Do you get nervous? You get nervous. Because the first thing when you think of a battery with that says 1%, what do you think that you have to do immediately? What? Charge it. It has to have power, right? There, but that's the same with us. We can do nothing without power. And many of us are living our Christian life without power. We're trying to act and look and do all these things of Christian things to get this little check off, but we're doing it with no power. Just like you can't have the phone, trust me, we, we sweat when it gets to 1%, don't we? I mean, we don't like it. Girls, y'all pretend like you don't, but you know, okay? You know. So here, here's the deal. The power for the mission. When all things are subject to Him, then the Son Himself is also subject to Him, who has put all things in subjection under Him, that God may be in all. 1 Corinthians 5.28 Jesus is our source of power. All authority has been given to Him in heaven and upon earth. So Jesus, we go under His authority. We go under His power. We do not go under my power or your power, but we go under His power. John Piper says we don't go on our own strength. We go in the authority of the One who created and redeemed the world. A lot of us, we are trying to pretend to be Christian and we got to stop. Because you're not going under... Uh, you're going under your power instead of Christ's power. See, this was the thing he was reminding the disciples. When you go out and you do these things, people are going to do this to you. Oh, man, you're so awesome. Man, I, I, I can't. I don't know what I would do without Hunter in my life. You hear all these compliments, and even as pastors, we hear these things, and it's really easy to think, I got this. But it's not under your power. It's under Christ's power. So he's reminding them, I'm giving you this authority. I'm giving you this power. So first of all, guys, to have power, you have to be connected, right? So if your phone needs to be charged, right? You just can't look at it and go, we can't do this, can we, Chloe? Mm, charge. It doesn't work, does it? I wish we could. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Charge, phone, charge. It would be nice. I, I would love one of those chargers that you could just scream at. And get, no, just kidding. Um, we have a, uh, I could do it, though. I could probably scream at it, get it loud. But we have to be connected. So, guys, a lot of you, a lot of times when you're sensing weakness, a lot of you, when you're sensing like, man, I just don't understand. I'm doing all these things, but it just feels useless, useless, useless. Connect. Let's check the source first. Are you, connected to the, are you connected to Christ? Because if we don't have power, we can't do the mission. We cannot do Great Commission. There's too many Christians, there's too many pastors already out there doing this on their own selves, and we don't need it anymore. And that's true. 
A lot of them have done a great job of building their kingdom instead of God's kingdom. We have to be careful. Because you cannot do this on yourself. I've seen it too many times. And they will fail and fail and fail and fail and fail again. The second part is to plan for the mission. There's a plan. Jesus is a great leader. And a great leader, all great leaders have very similar things in common. One thing is great leaders are usually great organizers. They're great planners. They can take a big group and do it, okay? So like, a great leader can look at something and give a plan, give an organization. Now, that doesn't mean that all the organization looks the same or this or that, but this is Jesus Christ, the greatest teacher, the greatest leader, and therefore there is a plan. And in this plan he gives us, he tells us how to do certain things that he wants the mission to do. You have jobs to do as a Christian, and those jobs are not to fill these pews, uh, these seats per se. These jobs are, are, are very different than sometimes what we're taught in the American church. Number one, we're to duplicate. We're to duplicate. What does duplicate mean? Copy. Paul says what? Follow me because I follow Christ. He says you can copy me because I'm following Christ. He says duplicate. Duplicate my behaviors, duplicate, but he's saying, follow me. We're to make what? Disciples. We're to make disciples. We're to show people and invest. And disciples is a simple word for student. Disciple, student. And you're to learn, and you're to understand. And some of you are going, well, that's all the stage I'm at. Uh, If you've been a Christian... For a while now, and you're like Hunter's age and Nick's age, you shouldn't just be sitting anymore. You should be investing in middle schoolers. That should be where you should be at right now. And we're to make disciples, and we're to invest in them. Well, what does that look like? Well, discipleship involves one, investment. And the person's life, you have to make an investment. Guys, uh, if you've been around me and Drew very long, you're going to learn something very similar about our, uh, uh, about our ministry. Drew and I are very different men, and how we approach things, we're two different people, two different personalities. Very uptight, very, you know, spastic. Uh, very uh, relaxed, very non-spastic, no, uh, very chilled. But one thing that we have very common in our ministry is that relationships are key. Uh, I don't care if Drew is teaching and Barb are ministering here. He's about relationships with students. I'm the same way. No matter if I'm here or if I'm coaching, it's about the relationships with that students. Why? Because those relationships is what builds and brings them to Christ. I'll give you examples. Sometimes, uh, a lot of people, I build relationships with swimmers, and those swimmers eventually come to Christ 
because I'm building those relationships. I'm building relationships with your peers who are out in middle school and high school. And the reason I'm doing that is as they come, they eventually come to Christ. But you're to do that too. You're to invest. You need to be investing in relationships. And guys, we need to be so invested into the community. The church should never get to the point where people don't know where you are. In other words, they, don't, uh, they, they should always know that Cell Street is investing back into the community because we need to be about relationships leading people into Christ. Number two, <coughs> involvement. Involvement in the person's spiritual growth. Teaching. We have a job of teaching. Every one of us is called, it needs to be teaching. doesn't mean that all of us are called to be teachers. So some of us have the spiritual gift of teaching, but we're all called to be teaching and investing. One day you'll be mothers or fathers, and you have a job to teach your children. Some of you will be called Sunday school teachers. Some of you will not. Some of you will be called to deacons. Some of you will not. Some of you will be called to pastoring. Some of you will not. But we all teach within every role as a Christian. There should be teaching of the Word. Well, how is that done? Sometimes it could be just simple things. Sometimes it could just be a car ride. Sometimes it could be going to a football game. Sometimes it could be doing simple things and showing, because we also know that teaching is not just by words, but it's also by what? Actions. Have y'all learned by the way people have done things? You better. Because that, a lot of times that is what we are. We're so visually focused, we learn by watching somebody. Okay? So like if you're into, you know, one thing, you know, a lot of times if you're into sports, a lot of times you just didn't get told something. You had to watch it, see it, deliver it, do it again. Watch it, see it, deliver it, do it again. Hear it, get it corrected, but you see it. I'm around a lot of baseball, I'm around a lot of uh, um, swimming, I'm around a lot of sports, and I see that all the time. Band, I watched, I watched by learning and hearing and being taught, but I learned a lot from my fellow trombone players as we were learning together. Okay, one thing was, man, it took me forever in sixth grade to learn every one of those slide positions, but I learned by talking with my, and learning and doing and doing and doing. And now 38 years old, I have not picked up a trombone in almost 20 years, but you give me a trombone, I can still pretty much nail those slide things, okay? I had two trombone players back there. They're, they're making fun of me. Um, number three, demonstrate. We're to demonstrate it by being baptized. Baptism is a symbol. A lot of you were there when we baptized Carson. Me and him, uh, that was a year and a half of discussion. Because I would not let him get baptized because that's all he wanted to do. Baptism is not salvation. Baptism is a demonstration. It is a symbol. I always tell this to children. I've told this to y'all too. This is a wedding ring. If I take it off, am I still married? Yes, because it's a symbol. That's all it is. It does not make me married. What makes me married is the commitment. Am I correct? The commitment that I had to God my wife, and the witnesses that were there. So a lot of us, we focus so much on the baptism, 
that we forget that it's a symbol. It's a demonstration. Is it important? Of course. I believe it's important. If I didn't, I wouldn't be a Baptist, right? No, just kidding. It's it's very important. It shows the symbol. It shows what it means. It's very important to me. But I didn't want my son to get wrapped up into it. Why? Well, because how I grew up. My dad was Church of Christ, and they believe that baptism is salvation. They believe that the two are the same. And because I got taught that and taught that, I really struggled with that as a child. I wanted to make sure my children, as I taught them through, that they would not put so much on the date and time or this, but about the relationship. Because why? That's what Scripture says it's about. So it's a demonstration. Last part, third part, the presence for the mission. See, a lot of times in our Christian life, you feel like you're by yourself and you feel like you're alone. But see, Jesus tells his disciples, hey, you're going to feel that way too. But he says what? I am with you till the end of the age, right? He says, I, you're not going by yourself. You're not going alone. I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to be, always be with you. Because God is with us. Emmanuel. God is with us. And that we do not go by ourselves. We do not go on our own. But He is present with us. And, uh, and a lot of times as we're feeling, um, we feel like a lot of times there's someone listening, there's someone caring, there's someone getting it. God, uh, God is there with us. Jesus is there with us, walking with us in our mission. So what is missions? Missions is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that you have to be connected to the power of Christ to do. You have to, you have to, we have a plan that we need to go, and that's to duplicate, okay? That's to duplicate and show discipleship and to demonstrate through baptism and that Jesus is with us through the very end. He has not left us. We are not alone. Satan wants to use something against us. One of the things is he likes to use is our eyes. And he says, look around, you're by yourself. But we are not. We know we are not because we feel the presence and we know the presence and we see the presence of God and everything in which we do. You are not alone in your mission that God has given us. You are not alone. And God also knew that we would be in that state, so he gave us something else. Not only did he give us the presence of his son Christ the, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, but he's also given us the body of Christ. He has given us the church. And we do this together. Why did he do that? Because he knew something, that people are relational. Well, how do you know that? Because he designed you. And that is why the body of uh, the church is so important. As we work together with the presence of Christ with us. And he is with us in our mission. So how will you apply the great commission to your life? As you grow in knowing God. How will you apply this to your life? Drew and I will be in the back if you want to talk about. You know, maybe you looked at some things. Maybe you realize, man, I'm not connected to Christ like I need to. Or maybe you're looking at, maybe I need to get more into investing to others. Let's pray.
Holy Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We ask right now, Father, that you guide us and lead us in all that you do. Father, let us not be distracted right now. It's so easy at the end. We go, man, it's been a long day. But Father, let us focus just a few more minutes on your word and on, on this music together and say, Father, it's about you. It's not about us. Father, let us look at our life, look at us, our lifestyle. Is it about missions? Is it about you? Or is it about ourselves? And we give this time to you in your name. Amen.